Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting guru Mark Zweig's straight talk in your ear. Mark has more than 30 years of experience helping AEP and environmental firms thrive. And these podcasts help deliver his invaluable management, industry, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop professionally, wherever you are. Hey folks, it's Randy Wilburn here with Mark Zweig uh, with another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. We are in our new format here with Mark where we are no longer having him read articles verbatim, but we're actually talking about the subject matter at hand. And today we are talking about what I would probably venture to say is one of Mark's best rants when it comes to HR and recruiting. But uh, he wrote an article recently on um, August 8th which was uh, issue 1163 of the Zweig letter. He wrote an article titled The Problem with HR Gatekeepers. Mark, I know this is one of your favorite subjects. I know you love to talk about. Um, and, and again, let's just preface this by saying that, that you, you were a former HR guy yourself and that you, you, you don't have an ought with HR people. You have a problem with the the way that they're empowered to do certain things that sometimes is counterproductive to bringing on really great talent to an organization. And I won't steal your thunder. I would just love for you to kind of launch into this and just just talk a little bit about your biggest challenges with with HR gatekeepers and why you believe that um, they sometimes can um, you know, be be a, be a major stumbling block to bringing on great talent. Well, as you said, I, I was one myself, and I was a big advocate of this idea that you have one person in your organization who has complete control over the hiring process. They're like a czar of hiring. And there's a lot of reasons for that, because you've got to comply with laws. You need to make sure you're informing you know all your employees of your openings before you go hire somebody so if they want to come forth they can do so you want to make sure that you inform the local employment offices uh, of any opportunities so if they have candidates potential candidates they can you know uh, uh, make you aware of them Mm -hmm. you want to make sure you look at your database of candidates before you go out and spend money on recruitment advertising or uh, executive search firms or employment agency fees. So there's a lot of reasons why. And, and you want the the knowledge of hiring to be concentrated in somebody who does it a lot. I always thought it was better to have one person hire 30 people a year or 100 people a year than 10 people hiring three people each a year. Right. You just get better at it. That said, there's the downside of it. 
And the downside is you get the wrong person in that job who doesn't understand that their real job is to sell people on why they should work there, that there's a, 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 uh, an, um, an, a, 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 a disproportionate number of openings for job candidates, let's say, who are qualified to fill them. And they don't recognize that. Instead, they act like, well, they're in the driver's seat. Uh, you know, the company can hire anybody it wants to, and we're going to keep all the bad people out. Our goal is to keep the bad people out. I always say you got the wrong goal. Your goal should be to get the good people in. Yeah. yeah. And, and so this whole orientation of keeping the bad out turns what should be a process of wooing people, wowing them, selling them on the organization. So they all want to work there, and then the company decides who it wants to hire into one where there's all these hurdles that people have to jump through. And if you have any self-respect and you've currently got a job, you're going to say, forget it. Yeah. So that leaves you with only the most desperate or unemployed people as your potential hires, which are, of course, we all know are the best job candidates, right? <laughs> right, right. <coughs> so that, that's, that's my problem. You, you've got to have this orientation of these gatekeepers needs to be different from what it is because they do some absolutely outrageous stuff. Uh, and, and we, you know, I saw this stuff 20 years ago. I'm still seeing it now today. Yeah. yeah. And the market's tighter today than it was 20 years ago. I think personally, you know, um, and, and I have some perspective just because I got out of the industry for a while and then came back and I was amazed at how difficult it is to find really good people. It's going to so, get worse, okay? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's bad. And if you look at the forecast of demand for some of these people versus supply, yeah. the gap just goes, it, it, it escalates geometrically in the next 40 years. Yeah. So <clears throat> it, it's crazy. You, you can't keep going like this. So just to be clear, even even if you were getting resumes in from people that were willingly looking to find a job with your company, you would still be on the offensive by trying to sell as opposed to exactly as opposed to, you know, asking them why they want to leave their current firm and come work with you. Cause that's like my favorite question to <sighs> ask in life. So I hate that question. Yeah, no, I well, know. Of course, because you know, they're contacting other people, other right. firms. They're right. going to be, uh, you've got competition. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you act like you don't have any competition, you're going to lose. Right. I mean, you've, you've got to figure somebody else out there is going to be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit smarter and, and, uh, and, and be selling. I mean, so yeah, this thing, it's, it's just absolutely maddening. When you see the first thing that a HR gatekeeper asks of a potential job candidate who may have flown a thousand miles to interview or to meet with this company for the first time, Somebody who's a professional who makes $150,000 a year and is employed in a good organization and has been there a long time. And the first thing that their new company, potential employer, asks them to do is fill out a job application. It's, it's bullshit. I mean, I don't, you know. Yeah. We can have them fill that out at the end. Yeah. If we've made them a job offer and they want to accept it, then, right. hey, by the way, this is part of the paperwork that's required. Right, right. You just right. cannot ask people to do that. Yeah. It's it, it's demeaning, you know? Yeah. We see, we see it all the time. And I know that, you know, um, 
a lot of times we encourage firms to look at people, especially on the recruiting side. We do recruiting here at Zweig, and we work with a lot of firms in the design industry. And, and a lot of times we, we talk to people that are happily employed where they are. They don't have a CV or resume put together, and they don't really have time to put one together. So we sometimes have to glean information from this individual and gain some perspective on what their experience and background is and maybe what they're currently working on. And we send over a simple profile, uh, an outline to the client and encourage them to have a conversation. But, you know, you still get those clients and you still have people, HR people that are like, well, we still need to see a resume. And by the way, before they physically meet with us, I need them to fill out this application online. And, uh, it, 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 you know, and a lot of it is under the veil of, well, there are legal requirements and I get all of that. But, you know, I think that firms need to be and HR people need to be creative about how they manage that process and understand that the, the more that they take barriers away from people, the easier the process will be to bring on some really great talent. Yeah, it doesn't mean we're going to let we're actually going to make an offer and hire anybody who wants to work there. Yeah, that's not the point. The point is we want them all to want to work there. Yeah, behind closed doors, we can decide who we want to hire and who we don't want to hire, but we want everybody to be feeling good about this company yeah. and wanting to work there. Almost the same yeah. way or same approach that you would take when you're going out trying to develop business with new clients, that you want to put your best foot forward, that you want that, that you want to be, you know, engaging them in a way that makes them feel good and makes them say, you know what, I really want to, I want, to, I want to work with these guys on exactly. this project. It's the same way from or, a talent standpoint. Or even if I can't work with them on this project, I want to work with them somehow on some project. Right. It's the same thing with these people we talk to for jobs. Do you think we're all so smart that every time we interview somebody that they're only going to be somebody we consider for that specific role? Right. It may be we find out through a process of mutual discovery that that's not the right role for this individual, but there is another role for them down the road, either now or in the future that we'd want them in. Yeah. I mean, that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it comes from really getting to know people and not putting them on the defensive. Yeah. You know, yeah. grilling them interrogation style. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like waterboarding equivalent and <laughs> in interviewing or something. Yeah. It's so silly. I have people all the time, you know, Ask me, what questions should I ask that'll trick people and trip them up? So, you know, why do I want to trick anybody for? Don't trip anybody up. So, I mean, you know, I always think it's it gets back to treat people how you'd want to be treated in that process. And that's kind of like common sense or like recruiting 101. But common sense is not so common. It ain't so common. That's the truth. truth. And um, and so that that I think that's that's really interesting. So, um, you know, I'm 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 the CEO of a company, and I've got a um, what's what's the right word, word to use? Um, I've got a, uh, a a a very energetic HR person manager mm-hmm. that really, really, I mean, he or she really, really just they walk the walk and they talk the talk, but it just seems like they keep getting in the way of the process. What what what, what do I do? How do I? You're going to have to pull them aside and get them to understand what is appropriate for them to do and what isn't yeah and and what your direction is and you want to grow this company and you've got to take a different approach to it yeah i don't know what else you can do you need to give them some direction that's your job okay yeah you know yeah 
Um, you can't just let them do what they want to do and just say, well, that's just the way Sue is, you know, she's always been like that. And so, okay. So now we can't grow our company because we got Sue out there <laughs> because of Sue. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well that, that, you know, I think the, the other, the other issue with, you know, these, these HR gatekeepers is that, um, you know, again, it's part of it is the systems that are put into place. Uh, is there anything that you think of that would simplify the process? And especially when it comes to the layer of you've got sometimes you've got HR and then you've got hiring managers, right? So sure. you've got you've got to work your way to the hiring manager. You don't even get instant access to the hiring manager. And in our industry, you have some firms where the hiring manager is the main person that's going to make the decision. The HR person's really just there in the background to facilitate, yeah, yeah, to facilitate whatever needs to happen. But then in other instances, you've got a very strong-willed HR person that is like, look, you know, we're going to get sued tomorrow if you don't do this the right way. I mean, how do you, I mean, you know. Get employment, you know, practices liability insurance for one thing. Right. Because it doesn't cost that much. It's yeah. smart to have. And you could make a mistake, and it could be an honest exactly. mistake. So, you know. but but I think I think that the, the, where most companies fall down is they need to define what their exact process is right. for hiring people, right? And that gives you a chance to see what are the steps that are being taken, yeah, and who is responsible for them. And if it doesn't make sense, change that process. But get that process down in writing. Yeah. Let everybody know what it is. Don't just act like it's entirely up to HR and no one else has any say or involvement or ability to influence it in any way. Right. Look at the process. I, I think if you got that process defined, you'll find the right place and time for the roles, you know, for the involvement of, of various individuals in the organization. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Well, I mean, I I think I don't know if you have any more parting thoughts for this. I mean, this is something that we talk about quite a bit. And, and, um, you know, I think it's always going to be a a topic of discussion. I'm always telling clients and anyone that will listen is that in this industry, unfortunately, it's not like we're in the, the tech industry where there's all kinds of developers and Python and Ruby on Rails and Java and all that stuff and those guys are a dime a dozen. Um, there's a there is a very finite supply of good engineers and architects. Period. End of story. And I always think you need to bring your A game when dealing with those types of individuals, or you you run the risk of falling flat on your face when it comes to acquiring quality talent. Yeah, especially ones who can communicate. Right. Because that's the big factor on whether you're going to be successful or not. Ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is are you a good communicator? And people don't go into architecture and engineering because they love to talk. Right. <laughs> okay. They like to design stuff. They like to see stuff get built. They like to to figure out problems. You know, solve problems. But it, it, so yeah, they're they're rare. Just accept that and stop acting like you're in an oversupply condition. You know. Again, I, I liken it to to I, I see it all the time out there in the housing market. You know, that's at my other business is a design build development company. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you see it, these people, they, they keep acting like they have all the time in the world to make a decision. I want a house with these characteristics, this size of bedroom and master bath, and it's got to be an open interior. And, you know, of course, their, their expectations on what they'll pay are too low. 
because that's based on what they paid 10 years ago in right. another city or something, which yeah. is completely irrelevant now. And then when something lands in front of them that's close to what they want, then they act like, well, yeah, we're going to try to come look at it uh, uh, five days from now. You know, uh, uh, it, it's it's ridiculous. It, you know, and then they wonder why they lose all the time. Right. I love it when those people look at our properties and they hem haw, and somebody else comes in and buys, buys it, it up under. from them. Yeah. I, I just I love that. Yeah. You, you've got to be you've got to realize you, you got to be smart enough to tune in and see what the hell is going on out there. Yeah. We are in a labor shortage. Yeah. It isn't going to change. Yeah. Not only is it a labor shortage, that's just for people who have the basic technical qualifications. What about the other attributes that we want? Like they can write in a complete sentence. They, the soft they, skills. Yeah, they can talk <laughs> Shake your to hand people. and look you in the eye. Exactly. Yeah. They, they have a good work ethic. You know, they're, they, they have, uh, you know, they're ethical. I mean... All these other, they can work with other people. There's all these other things that just keep narrowing the pool down. Yeah. It just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller every time you apply one of those very necessary attributes to somebody who's going to be successful in this kind of a business. Right. Right. Sell, my friends. You, you, you stop with, you got to change your, edit, your your whole approach to it or you're Ab- going to bomb. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, no, that was great. That that was a lot of fun. I, I know it's it's a topic that we'll talk more about in the future. Um, again, want to thank you so much for listening to this Wide Letter podcast. Uh, and, and I, you know, Mark has so much great information available. And, and, and the nice thing about it is, is that it's portable. You can take it with you on the go, um, traveling from city to city to go meet with clients. Uh, traveling to work in the morning, out for a morning or evening jog. Uh, you can take this wide letter with you. And, and we hope that uh, with our format and with the information that we're sharing, that it is making a difference for how you run your business uh, in the design industry. Also want to offer you a really special gift, um, a six-week subscription to the Zweig letter. Again, we've run continuously since 1992. Uh, you can get that gift at the this following website address, which is free tzl.zweiggroup.com. Zweig is spelled Z-W-E-I-G group.com. So uh, we'll put those uh, that information and the link to that um, free subscription in the show notes. And certainly we're, uh, we, we, we are honored uh, to have you join us today and, and to, uh, to put us between your ears and to take in what we have to share. Um, And again, if you get a chance and you really like what you hear, we'd love a uh, five-star review on iTunes. Um, So please um, just continue listening. And we're always looking for feedback. want to thank you so much uh, for enjoying this episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to this Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can apply Mark's no-holds-barred advice to your daily professional life. For a free six-week subscription to the Zweig Letter, please visit freetzl.zweiggroup.com to gain more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today. Subscribe today.